Welcome to the A Better Way to Farm podcast, where we share serious secrets about profitable farming. We appreciate you taking the time to join us, and we hope that you'll love the knowledge we share not only with you today, but also in future episodes. So let's get right into it. Hey guys, welcome to the Better Way to Farm podcast. Today we have a special episode where we're doing an interview with our good friend and client, Andrew. So Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, could you talk to us a little bit about where you guys farm and who all you farm with? So we farm in central Minnesota near St. Cloud, Kimball area. Involved my dad and brother. My brother farms full-time plus runs cattle. My dad has always worked full-time as an engineer, and then I part of the farm and then also own an agronomy business. So got a few things going on, but everything is pretty much involved in egg. Yeah, that's awesome. First things first, how long have you been working with, with us here at A Better Way to Farm? I would think we're pushing five years. To be honest, I haven't kept track, but I think we're probably really close to that five-year mark by now, five, six years. Yeah, it's funny that you say that. Nick and I were talking about the interview last night, and he goes, yeah, I don't know, things go fast, but I'd say probably about five years. So I think if we're both guessing at the same number, we're close to that, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So what initially kind of made you reach out to us or what kind of drew you towards the system that we promote? Well, it all kind of started was, you know, I've been doing research since I was 14 years old and test plots, and I always enjoyed research. I always wanted to see what could what could increase yields, you know, plus profitability. And I think I might have saw something along the lines of they're looking, you guys were looking for people to do research. So we got in contact that first year. We did some research followed by uh, me kind of attending ProEgg as well as basically we made some decisions on our farm. We were actually doubled acres that year that or for the following year and we kind of were readdressing some of our programs and they're like you know what we can't keep doing the same old same old we got to figure this out and get it fine-tuned and figure out what we got to do and i soil sampled 100 percent of our farm that fall brought into our local co-op and they gave me the same recommendation they given me the year before with no soil sample basis because apparently they hadn't soil sampled in about six seven years that was an aha moment for us we started going through the programs, what they recommended versus what the AgriVantage program recommended versus what Rod and Nick and I discussed and put numbers to paper and simply made that decision and haven't looked back. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, there's a few things that I'd like to touch on that you kind of talked about. And one of those is our fundamentals of agronomy class that we recommend. Honestly, anybody would attend whether or not they would work with us or not. But why would you recommend that other farmers should also attend that course like from a farmer's perspective? What I always kind of say is I've been to a lot of meetings, a lot of trainings. You name a big name, I've probably been to at least one of their events. A lot of them local here that I, you know, say when I was in high school, I thought were really good. And, in, and even in the college, I thought were pretty good. Once I attended ProEgg, other events don't hold a candle. What I've walked away with, and I've attended it half a dozen times at least, I can't even keep track. I won't say quite a dozen, but more than half a dozen, so it might be eight or ten. Every time I pick something up new and, you know, some of the discussions and stuff we have, the biggest thing is, is at the fundamentals of agronomy, 
is the goal isn't to make farmers go home and feel like, oh, just trust us. The goal is to help the farmer have the tools to figure some of this stuff out. Obviously, we're there to help them. But for me, I was able to do a lot of my own. And, and also once my dad and brother attended, they, they kind of followed along with, you know, they don't necessarily have the agronomic mindset like I do. My brother's a cattle producer. My dad's a mechanical type person. I'm the agronomist in the family, right? That's just how it is. They were able to follow through why this makes sense and why to do that and why not to do this and things to do and not to do, basically. And to me, it's, it's worth its weight in gold. Yeah, absolutely. And you, your brother, and your dad have all attended the training, correct? Yep. <laughs> okay. So, and then you went alone the first year, right? Yep. Yeah, I and went then, to, I believe, Fargo the first year by myself. Okay. What made your dad and brother interested in attending? And did you, like, once you all had attended, how did that help your farming operations? Well, I think my dad had an interest in going just because he's like, well, yeah, I guess we'll see what this is about and whatever. Uh, My brother, very much business oriented and and stuff. He goes, well, why do I, at first he's like, why do I need to go? And I said, well, I said, it's really simple. I said, you get a discount off your product for going and figured out the numbers. He goes, okay, I'm going. Yeah. And he went and it was worthwhile to him. You know, that was a thing where they talked dollars and cents. And when you talk dollars and cents to a business oriented person, that goes over very well. You're absolutely correct. If you're not trying to sell a product and you're trying to make somebody money, it's completely different. Yeah. Yep. And we definitely have with within the program have in mind what's best for the end user and what's, you know, with the end user being the farmer and our heart is to help, you know, people do whatever's best for their farm, regardless of what that is. And I'm glad that you guys were all able to attend. Uh, We definitely recommend that anybody that farms in a, you know, a partnership or with a family that for as many people to go as possible, just that way, everybody has is working with the same knowledge so that you can all, you know, make informed decisions together. Moving on a little bit, earlier you talked about how you took soil tests over your whole farm and how that hadn't been done in a few years. So what do you like about using the soil test with our system compared to other tests? Two major parts. One is it's a full comprehensive test. You know, even the soil tests that we sort of had on file were NPK, organic matter, pH. That's it. This is a full comprehensive test. Also, within the system, I can rewrite it to whatever crop, whatever yield goal, whatever I want it to be, I can do it. And we do sometimes try some strange things. And sometimes it's reaching for the stars. Sometimes it's, well, realistically, this piece of ground has 100 bushel potential, and that's it. And the decision, we had a field last year where we had to make a decision on where we're going to plant rye or corn. Well, my brother uses all of our corn and buys corn on top of it. So we need corn. We need every bushel we can get. And finally, he goes, well, he goes, if you can make it so I can make money on 100 bushel corn on that piece of ground, so we're planting corn, screw the rye. And that's what we did because we needed it. And we were able to do that with the system to get our fertility fine-tuned and basically, you know, keep the costs in check on that particular piece of ground because it's not one with huge potential. And that's the glory of it is we want to look at ROI, not necessarily, yeah, okay, I, I have tests I set to 300, but yeah, it's decent ground, irrigated, whatever. That's absolutely correct. 
So talk us through a little bit about what you were doing for a fertility program before working with us and now a little bit of what you're doing now. I understand, you know, each field is going to be a little bit different, but just kind of an overall perspective. So obviously with the cattle, we've we've had manure involved for quite a while. Pen packs, steer manures is it. Then we always had like a two-by-two two dry on the planter and the rest was dry broadcast. Well, then we switched to two-by-two two liquid. Uh, we had some issues with products plugging in that two-by-two two liquid, basically 28%, 1034-0, which they have their place, and we still use 28% actively. But my dad didn't like the mix together because in our cool temps, occasionally we have some separation issues with particular products. So we essentially... That was the first year we had tried anything Conklin. I had just a 55-gallon barrel Conklin starter in the shop. I used it in the test plot. And we had cleaned out our big fertilizer tank that after spraying all of our acres that year a couple times. And there's still that salt and stuff on the bottom. My dad's like, well, that other stuff better be cleaner. He said, well, okay, let's go look at the barrel. So he did. He looked in there. He said, well, he goes, we got to take a look at this. He goes, this is clean. Well, after we got their soil tests and their soil tests back and the co-op hadn't changed their plan at all, we took a whole 360 on, on our approach at all of it. We set up in furrow on splitters. We switched our 2x2 two two over to 2x0 two because we have gone to some reduced tillage and stuff like that over the years. And that was always a battle was that we had a 2x2 two two disc out front that was kind of in the way. So basically we're running the Conklin starter based off the soil tests with micros in the furrow, some sugars, stuff like that. 28% in ammonium thiosulfate, the two by zero. We've got a red planter, so it goes ahead of the press wheel behind the closing disc, two inches over, and hardly any broadcast. I mean, we'll side dress some, and uh, we would like to get that to a liquid program still, but we haven't quite gotten there. Plus, we've gotten some more irrigators and stuff up, so we can run a little bit through pivots long-term of nitrogen. But as for the spring, we don't spread a lot of dry product anymore outside of maybe our nitrogen or P and K. Most of it we can do either through manure or on the planter. So that's been a big change for us versus going, you know, several hundred pounds of broadcast and only really getting to use, you know, X amount of it. So, yeah, that's been a big, big change for us. Yeah, that's awesome. So talk a little bit. What have you seen on your farm since implementing? this new system kind of where were you at like yield wise and stuff before and where are you guys at now and i know that we talked right you know before starting the recording that you guys are in a pretty severe drought right now but kind of talk about you know when you're not in that drought what were your yields doing and then maybe we can touch some on what you've seen during the drought and how the system is still to your advantage even though your your weather is so severe right now so before we started this, my dad was convinced that there was no way any of his ground could do over 150 bushels an acre. No chance. Couldn't do it. And that's because he had never seen over 150 bushel an acre in most cases. After our low fields have been 150, you know, 100 to 100. Well, I mean, we got some that are still 100, 125. It's because they're really tough ground. But our average stuff is yeah, been 175 to 200. Last year we had some dry land up in the 240s, 250s, which is, I have test plot data and weight data to prove that nobody still believes that that's fine. They don't have to. We own the ground. 
so we're not. <laughs> no one's going to come take it away from us or anything, but it, we've gotten there. Actually, my Conklin plot last year was average at 240, and there's things I do in there with other products and things that try to, say, I'll shut the starter off or I'll shut her 28% off. There's things I do in there to try to reduce yield, and the average is still 240. So that's been pretty phenomenal. Even on a drought year like this, you could watch how long our corn or our, our corn and our crops in general held on compared to others in the area. I say that kind of lightly because I do sell a lot of seed locally and I sell the same varieties as some of the neighbors, but you could just noticeably see ours would hang on, you know, a week and a half longer than the neighbor next to us kind of thing. And nothing wrong with the neighbor's management does a very good job. We're already seeing that in the combine because we did take off some high moisture corn already, um, the earliest we ever have. But we'll see more as we go here because I still think we're going to see some 150s when we anticipate it, nothing over 100 with the drought we had. Um, and, and that all comes down to just simply plant health and hanging on through those tough times where we got a tenth or two of rain, maybe. In fact, we've doubled our rainfall in the last three weeks from the whole year. I think we were sitting at, for the whole year, we are up to like six inches. Now we're closer to like 10 and a half in the last three weeks, which is a little too late for the crop, but at least it's helped mellow the dust and some of that. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's starting to do something. You'll keep picking up moisture here throughout the fall and winter, and maybe you know next year will be a better year. That's always our hope, right? Yep. Always going to try again next year, but if we can do what we've done this year on a drought, I'm pretty optimistic about the future. Yeah, that's great. And it's, you know, like you mentioned, your dad thought that 150 was the best that could be done. And now even in a drought, you're hanging pretty close to that. So it's just exciting to see what you guys have accomplished over the last, you know, five or six years. And I don't know, that just stories like that make me so happy. And that's why we do what we do is, you know, to hear stories like that. That's just incredible. So uh, don't kid you yourself. We're still going to have some 60s and 70s, but oh, in those yeah. situations, a lot of pe- a lot of peoples are in the 30s and 20s. <laughs> yeah. So it's, in, uh, any extra it, yield is good, though. Yeah, definitely, especially this year. Any any bushel counts. Absolutely, everyone counts at that point, right? Yep. So, what do you like about working with the Better Way to Farm team and with Conklin? compared to other retailers that you've worked with in the past? Yeah, so I always like to give Rod a little bit of a hard time. Yeah, he's kind of, he's very passionate about about what he does, and Nick is obviously a little quieter, stuff like that. But there's the passion, there's the belief in the product, some of that, which is, is good and great, you know, but other people have that too. But the biggest thing is I sat with Rod or seen Rod in a conversation with somebody, somebody don't even know or whatever at Pro Egg or whatever event we're at, where he, or even on the phone with us, where he'll literally tell us not to use a product. He's like, you won't want it. You know, it won't work for that or it won't do this or ah, that's too high of a rate or like he'll literally tell you don't use it. Not, oh yeah, yeah, give it a try. No, he'll tell you it's, you don't want to do it. Not gonna, it doesn't make sense for you in this situation. Yeah. And that's huge. I mean, a good salesman makes or convinces everybody they need to use everything they possibly sell. A serviceman makes sure that the farmer uses products that are going to, over long term, turn them a profit. May it work yeah. every year? Probably not. But it's got to work most years. So yeah. 
that's been a huge plus for me that I've seen is just, yes, do that. No, don't do that. Now you need to use a full, everything we sell, you need all of it on and you need to do this, this, and this, or, or, you know, that's, you're going to go broke kind of thing. And I know that's not how it works. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can you're, spend too you're, much. You're absolutely right on that. And that's something dad has been doing this for close to 30 years. And that's something that he's always, you know, he's like that with not just you guys, but everyone. And, you know, what will work for some people won't work for another. And maybe what work might even work on one field that you have might not work on another. And so we always try to be very cognizant of that and just make sure that people are doing what's best for them at the end of the day. And it's great to hear you, you know, say that you feel the same way about it that we do. So I love hearing that. So to kind of wrap things up here, is there anything else that you have? Or I have one final question for you if you don't have anything else that you'd like to share. Yeah, I guess I I, I think I pretty well touched on, on most of what I kind of thought. I, the biggest thing is, is, you know, on a year like this, especially all the little things count. And that's, I feel we're going to see a bigger return doing what we do this year than we ever have. And the past years, it made money. But this year, I think, is going to be bigger than any other year because, so like we were talking, every bushel counts. And if we can add 10 to 20 bushels on a drought year, that's huge. On a good year, you know, that's a smaller percentage, if you want to say. This year, it's a huge percentage. You are absolutely correct. Well, the last thing I'll, I'll ask you here before we let you go, because I'm sure that you've got plenty of things to do since you're starting harvest, is what is your favorite product to use? Out of out of all the different stuff that you've used from us, what's your, what's your favorite one? So I'm kind of going to be probably a different league than most people, but my favorite product to use is, in fact, the starter. Okay. Amplify be a close second. That we put on every acre. It should be on every acre. I've quit testing it because it just has shown a return every time I do a check strip. It just always works for us. But starter is a big one just simply because of how clean the product is and how user-friendly it is. And it doesn't corrode our planter. It doesn't make a mess in the tanks. Very, very a clean, good product. And to me, that's the reason we switched to the AgriVantage system to begin with was the clean starter. So I think that's still a big part of why we still do it. Awesome. I love to hear that. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being willing to do this and to share. And I hope that you guys have uh, the best harvest that you possibly can and be safe guys all right well thanks thanks for the call here and we'll uh yeah good luck well, to you yeah. guys once you get going with harvest yeah absolutely all right well thank you for tuning in to the better way to farm podcast and we'll talk to you next week thanks Thank you for joining us this week on the A Better Way to Farm podcast. If you found value in this episode, we would appreciate you rating us on iTunes or simply sharing with a friend. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and tune in next time for serious secrets about profitable farming.